DDCO at the plate, he's over for 2 today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. DDCO lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. Well, normally we do when there's not a pandemic going on. Right now, we're just talking about baseball-related things, I guess. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. I'm Jack Swakowski. And, uh, you know, I mean, listen, I could have said that. I probably should have said that months ago, but um, it's just <laughs> it's starting to wear on me, Jack. I, You know, uh, we're, we're, we're getting closer to baseball, though, so that's good. Are we, though? Are we? <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, I'm sure people have said that you know, already and nothing. Yeah, I mean, uh, all of the guys could just collectively decide uh, not to play. Uh, you know, who knows? Mike Trout is on the fence. All these guys are on the fence. And, yeah. you know, all of them might test positive in the next uh, oh. next two weeks, you know. Yes, I know. Uh, yes, I mean, yes, the, the scenarios are endless. Uh, Mike Trout could say no and then, like, I'm sure someone like, oh, I don't know, Jay Bruce or like Jason Hayward would be like, hey, if he's not playing, I'm not playing, you know, and <laughs> then it could just be a mass exodus um, or or we could have like the, the Dodgers like with like, I don't know, uh, uh, Trace Thompson or something like a bunch of like a, a roster of, of like 25 or 26 Trace Thompson's uh, level players uh you know trying to compete for the world series like as as favorites or something so it's 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 scary to think about the possibilities of what might happen but um it's certainly all on the table i guess <laughs> right well this is uh this is episode number 81 um yes. uh I, I th- that's a special one jeremy that is that the year that you were born yes it's my birth year um so uh yeah you know i don't know i think um y- I think being as big baseball fans as we are, um, you think about like baseball when you were born, like what was happening in baseball when you were born. Um, baseball was on much like right now was not happening uh, in on June twenty fourth, nineteen eighty one, on my birthday. Uh, they were on they were on strike. Um, so yeah, interestingly enough, I grew up to be a big baseball fan, but on the day I was born, there was no baseball being played. Um, I recently saw uh, some guy get. Um, he was like, I'm in this like Facebook group with like autographs and someone was showing off that he got an autograph. I think he was a Cardinals fan. So he got an autograph of a, of the, of the Cardinals starting pitcher on, on a ball on the day he was born. Which, oh, wow. Yeah. Which seems like a really cool thing to do, but I have not, I, I don't have anybody to, to get. So I can get like, <laughs> the, the guy who started the first game of the second half of 1981, I guess, which would not be as cool. <laughs> well, we we uh, there were a lot of interesting guys made their debut uh, in 1981, yeah. um, and we both selected one to talk about. Um, and the guy I selected, Jeremy, was Ron Reinecke. Yep, uh, Brewers legend, ma- legendary manager Ron Reinecke. Yeah, uh, for yeah, so former Brewers uh, manager Ron Reinecke, he was uh, a part uh, part of the Joe Madden coaching tree, if I'm not mistaken. I think he uh, coached under Madden for a number of years in L.A. or California. Or yeah, I guess alongside of him, right? Because he's cause yeah, yeah, yeah. Be the social tree. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the social tree. Yeah. Who am I? Like, look at me giving Joe Madden credit <laughs> where he doesn't deserve it. Like that's hey. never never happened on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, well. Yeah. Go ahead, Ron Reinecke. 
Well, yeah, I I, I was going to say, uh, Renneke, he kind of uh, wore out his welcome a little bit in Milwaukee. It's part, partly his fault and partly Doug Melvin's fault for not rebuilding the club uh, when he probably needed to. But Ron Renneke, like, did some annoying things when he was Brewers manager. Uh, he, he would, like, he would add, a, a like, a, a Y sound to everybody's name, and, like, that would just be their nickname. Like, he called Gene oh. Segura Seggy, and he called yeah. Martin Maldonado Maldi. Um, yeah. you know, obviously like Brawny was one, but, but it's like, you know, at, at some point, like, you know, what, what are we doing here? Like Martin Maldonado is Maldi. Like where, where, where yeah. do you get that from? That That's, that's just soft. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, it, it shows a lack of vision. I, I kind of want to say, and for a manager, maybe that's not the best thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, so yeah, he was, uh, not creative with the, uh, with the nicknames, but he, uh, he he's managed to uh, uh, stick around in baseball. He's actually managing the Boston Red Sox this year, which I had completely forgotten about, and which yeah. is which is yeah. super weird. I mean, I guess he's sort of their manager by default since they couldn't pro- you know they couldn't proceed with Alex Cora. Uh, but it's still yeah, it's still very weird uh, that he's around. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, he's not going to have Betsy on his team this year, but he will <laughs> have uh, yeah he will have a uh, uh, Deversy. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> exactly, Deversy, yeah. Saley. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. That's pretty pathetic. What about uh, Darwinson uh, Hernandez? Would he be <laughs> yeah, yeah, Darwinson. Dar- Dar- the poss the possibilities are, are endless, or yeah. or the or the opposite of endless. Uh, yes. uh, but regardless, <laughs> right, we will be seeing plenty of Ron Reinicke this year as the manager of the Boston Red Sox. And just to briefly recap his career, he started off in 1981 with the L.A. Dodgers. Um, and, yeah, he, he bounced around to a lot of teams. Uh, short career, uh, ended in 1988, but he played with Seattle, San Diego, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Cincinnati in addition to L.A. So he played almost played with almost as many teams as he did years. So he got around. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Jack, like, who, like, what team is Ron Reneke primarily known as, like, being a member of? And, uh, I don't think you can really say like there's there's not well, who did he appear in the most do you have his st- stats in front of you, do you, do you yeah you me? I, I mean he appeared in the most games of the LA Dodgers 212 uh, okay. the second was the Philadelphia Phillies uh, 165 uh, he played six he played like you know seven years six teams so six okay. teams in seven years um, okay. s- s- starring Harrison Ford now I was trying to make some <laughs> six, a, a, a six days seven nights reference there uh, I, I saw that movie in the theater Jack <laughs> Ouch! Really? Yeah, that was one of the few movies I. Or I mean, I just remember that was like a high school movie that I saw in the theater. Oh yeah, one of those high school movies. So like, just, what, like all, all your yeah, all your like your friends were going and you just went. Yeah, I think I even picked it. I was like, uh, I don't know, what about this? Like, and uh, yeah, it was like a co-ed outing. Like there were guys and girls going, and I was like, yeah. I thought like, like the poster has like. Harrison Ford and and Hache like running you know on it uh-huh. like through like water or something and I was like I think in my mind my like 16 year old mind was like oh there's a guy on the cover and there's a girl on the cover so maybe uh you know this will be good for 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 both of us for both <laughs> genders to go to but, yeah. um so okay yeah so I, just real quick about Ryan, Ron Renneke I'm, I just googled like Ron Renneke tops like just to look at you know a gallery of his baseball cards and yeah there are just like so many like different uh, teams on there that I can't really get a grasp on it. And um, I kind of, you know, I remember his 1987 card with the Phillies. Uh, it's an iconic looking card uh, in like the Phillies powder blue uniforms. Um, but yeah, I, I remember him as a, 
a player through through cards, but uh, you know he he got some context being like a manager like in my like adult years or whatever. Um, but uh, okay, Jack. So for mine, um, I'm gonna pick. I'm picking Brett Butler. Um, okay. Not uh, the star of uh, ABC's Grace Under Fire, Brett Butler, former uh-huh. uh, comedian. Uh, but Brett Butler, the player. Um, yeah. He was, not uh, not not Rhett Butler. Uh, which was uh, uh, the protagonist or the the guy in Gone with the Wind, right? Yes. Yeah, cor- correct. Not Rhett Butler. Um, but uh, Brett Butler um, was, uh, I think, primarily like a center fielder. He was like a uh, rare, like fast white guy, I guess, uh-huh. uh, in baseball. Um, and uh, he was like a leadoff hitter, uh, scrappy guy, five foot 10, 160 pounds. They have him listed on baseball reference. Yeah. Um, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but uh, he was like, he, 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 I remember him bunting a lot to get on base. He was just like a scrappy player, kind of like in the similar mold to, I guess, Adam Eaton, maybe, but uh-huh. um, maybe he scored a little bit better on his, uh, you know, college exams. I don't know. <laughs> um, but presumably at least. Um, but he uh, bounced around for, to a lot of different teams, too. Uh, the Braves he came up with, uh, he was an Indian, a Giant, a Dodger. Um, he was a Met for 90 games in 1995. Uh, Jack, do you remember Brett Butler at all? Uh, yeah, I uh, I do remember him. I only remember uh, the tail end of his career. He was okay. in me and my dad's first uh, season of Stratomatic in 1994 uh, with the Dodgers. I mean, he, he, he got almost 500 plate appearances in that year. You know, I'm looking at his stats, and, like, the guy just had a crazy amount of plate appearances every season, <laughs> yeah. almost six six seven hundred. 700, uh, you know, every, yeah, every single season. His average... His 162 game average on Baseball Reference is 699 plate appearances. Yeah, un- unbelievable. And he, uh, uh, you know, he only made one All Star team too, which is which is kind of yeah. surprising. Uh, his numbers are good. I mean, he's got you know tons of stolen bases, tons of triples. Uh, usually scored over 100 runs and like uh, you know a lot of hits and a career 290 hitter. So yeah. like this guy was you know he was pretty good. You know he played from 1981 to 1997. You know, yeah. almost ten thousand plate appearances, and his career—he uh, hit two ninety for his career. I mean, I'm almost surprised that this guy like isn't getting, uh, you know, sneaky Hall of Fame looks. He's—he's he's the—he should be in the Hall of the Unsexy, I would say. Because <laughs> like, there's nothing like exciting about his numbers, like on paper. You know, fifty-four career homers, um, but but very solid, solid numbers. One hundred eight walks in nineteen ninety-one, which was his All-Star yep. year with the Dodgers. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. And he also led the league in runs, uh, games, and plate appearances that year. So pretty interesting. But um, yeah, I always liked Brett Butler. I, I thought he was a scrappy guy, small guy. Uh, you know, fits again, checks a lot of boxes for me. Um, sure. But uh, yeah, so he debuted in 1981. He, um, uh, he lost his rookie eligibility in 82. But um, yeah, I, I think somewhere kicking around in some of my boxes of cards, I have some Brett Butler rookie cards. I actually, I also have a Brett Butler autograph that I got through by sending him a card in the mail. Uh, oh, nice. Too. So yeah, so um, yeah, I, I like the guy. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Those are two. Uh, those are two good ones, Jeremy. And uh, uh, we got we got some some real mileage out of that. Uh, especially, <laughs> I I will say I was t- I was t- tickled uh, at the six days and seven nights uh, anecdote. I've never heard that one before, Jeremy. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah, for sure. Who knew that we were going to end up there in minute like six of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there were there were some new rules uh, that were announced. Um, uh, this is uh, the going back about a week and a half ago when they first announced that they were going to play again. Uh, and some yeah. of them are pretty interesting, Jeremy. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, so like, yeah, baseball's coming back. Um, this year is going to be weird. It's going to be a big asterisk. Um, and so the, one of the biggest things I think that stands out to me initially is the uh, universal DH. Um, so for the first time ever, National League is going to have a DH, like, you know, uh, as part of their normal um, procedures. And uh, yeah. unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately for some of the National League teams, like, you know, they didn't get a chance to, like, go through free agency um, with that in mind or else, you know, they would have. I'm sure. I'm sure Yasiel Puig would be on a team right now. Um, although he still hasn't been signed, so I, who knows? But, um, but yeah. Uh, so National League teams are going to kind of have to make up a DH from who they have right now. Yeah, uh, actually, like for the Brewers, Ryan Braun was saying that uh, he thinks that may have extended his career for another year or two. Uh, yeah. um, uh, he was actually thinking of retiring after this season. But because I think they're also – are they also going to have the universal DH in 2021? Is it, that a thing? It's not um, – Not, not in the, Yeah, it's not in the uh, – Okay. The, it wasn't – like initially the, the thought was that it was going to be put into um, the CBA for this year and next year. But I don't think – I think they ended up only doing it for this year. Sure. Uh, well, regardless, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, they're probably, even though NL teams didn't really get to shop for DHs, they probably do have, like, a couple teams probably do have guys that they're glad that they can, you know, stick there now. Yeah. Um, uh, and even for the Brewers now, they don't, you know, Craig Council has no excuse to give anybody a day off now because he can just put them at DH. Um, yeah, so Universal DH will be interesting. I, you know, I, I, I kind of like pitchers hitting, though, Jeremy. Like, I do hope yes. it comes back, but I think it's, I think it's on its way out. I don't think well, we're gonna see it again. Yeah, and I should say that um, you know the CBA is um, the CBA is expiring at the end of next year. So theoretically, if they if they can even reach negotiations, because we all saw how the negotiations went for these games, or for you know just to make this season happen, uh, it you know puts a lot of fear into the negotiations to for the new CBA after it expires at the end of next season. Um, you have to imagine, like, it was going to be an issue anyway. Like, they, it was probably going to be brought up and probably pushed through anyway. But um, the only thing I can hope is that somehow something, like, there's some sort of, like, sham, like, like that happens with, like, the NLDH this year that makes them be like, oh, no, we, we, we're not going to do it. But, yes, <laughs> uh, when, they, when they negotiated for next year, I'm sure they're probably going to um, try to get that in universally. Um, and yes, as a baseball purist, it sucks. Um, I just, you know, I don't like anything that takes away strategy from, from the game. And I think that, uh, you know, I guess, I guess, I guess like, you know, like with like the pitching rule, like pitchers have to face, um, three batters, which that one is still holding true, uh, for this year. Um, I guess it creates a different kind of strategy. Uh, but the DH just like. I don't know. There's just no there's no finesse to it. It's just like a big dude who can't run the bases, can't field, like just put him in there and have him hit homers. Like I kind of hope if it goes through, I just want the Cubs to sign the biggest like like stockiest fattest guy to just mash homers and then like, <laughs> you know, crawl around the bases and just be like this is your DH. This is what the DH is. Uh, Jeremy, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of some uh, a-, a guy who would fit that description. Dan Vogelbach would have been a, a good a good candidate, but he totally. he was on the Cubs for a moment. Yes, um, yeah, never never who, on the big league roster, but yeah, yeah, a guy who totally would have made it um, as a DH for the Cubs. But yeah, um, so well, hey, know. Schwarber though, Jeremy Kyle Schwarber. Right. Well, that's the thing is like they you know the Cubs maybe do have a quintessential DH uh, as Schwarber. 
Um, I mean, you know, I don't know. I guess like when you see him like sliding on his stomach, like with the ball rolling past him, you know, you're kind of thinking like, yeah, when, when does this universal DH kick in? But, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I do. I like, um, I, I like kind of taking Schwarber for, you know, like better or for worse in the field. Um, and, you know, just kind of accepting who he is because every once in a while he's going to hit a home run on the scoreboard, you know, so, um, but I don't know. It, it, it is what it is. And I think, I definitely think like it's important to not become like a baseball fossil and, you know, like shun every, like anything new that happens in the game. Um, I definitely think it's important that baseball starts appealing to a younger generation because uh, we're all going to die off at some point uh-huh. and then baseball will too. So I get all that stuff. I, I try to be open-minded in terms of like changes and new things and whatever. Um, but at some point, again, the other side of that coin is like, if you're changing it so much for the new people that the old people aren't going to like it anymore, then like, what are we doing here? You know? So it's, it's right. just a tough, it's a tough balance. You know, I don't know. No, it is. Um, you know, I think one rule that's uh, going to be interesting to see how it plays out is uh, with, with extra it, extra innings yes. uh, that will start with a runner on second base. Um, now, Jeremy, you and I have attended our share of extra inning games, including a 15-inning one uh, <laughs> at one point. So I will say that, I, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not cool with having that rule uh, in a season, in a regu- like a regular, a real season. But uh, for a season like this that's just 60 games... You know, I kind of think uh, like screw it, anything goes. You know, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to to try it out. You know, universal DH, whatever. Like, uh, you know, this rule runner on second base, whatever. Like, let's just see how it goes. Um, like I said, I don't want to have it be in a in a real season, but for this one, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, adding to like the chaos of everything of a sixty game season, like just doing that, like is just another like you know kind of uh oddity that you're throwing in the mix um yeah i i mean i hate it it's a joke um but this one like i this one i don't think is gonna this one i don't think will ever be in the major leagues i no. think you know they did adopt it in the minor leagues and um i mean jack do you know are they doing it in triple a too I think they're doing in like all minor leagues, or is it just that? Double that or? I don't know. And you know, Jeremy, it's too bad that one of uh, one of those minor league games we went to didn't go extra innings um, yeah. last year because we might have we might have seen it and completely forgotten about that it was a thing until it happened. So yeah, I don't right. know if it's sure. in in AAA, but um, I, you know, I understand why they're doing it. Uh, just because it yeah. is sixty games, there's probably a quick turnaround time. They need to keep the guys as fresh as possible. So like having games that last fifteen, sixteen innings uh, is just not going to be be doable this year yeah for sure I, in that in that sense i i can understand it um but what they say in like um baseball like in, in the minor leagues is that they have that rule pretty much to preserve the pitchers like uh-huh. in in the minors which that's fine i get it you know no no minor league game should go 20 innings and like pitchers should be taxed and then pitched on short rest and then hurt themselves just for the sake of determining a winner like in the minors it's fine. It's all about getting to the majors. Um, so I get that. Um, in the majors, in the long run, I, I, you know, it would be a disaster. But um, it would be a mockery. But, but for this season, yeah, just to add to the chaos and yeah, to like yeah, to streamline it and just keep them healthy for you know x amount of days. It's fine. Whatever. 
Uh, there's going to be no pregame exchange of lineup cards. That's a dis- that's a disappointment, Jeremy. I always like the pregame exchange of lineup cards. <laughs> yes, you never it's... know. Oh, yeah, right. you never know who you never know who they're going to send out there. You know to do it. Usually for the first game of a series, it's the manager. But after that, it could be anybody. One time uh, last year, I went to a Brewers game. They sent Gio Gonzalez out there to give the lineup card. When he yeah. when, when he walked when he walked back to the dugout, he like tipped his cap to everybody and like you know the you know and like waved his cap around and stuff. It's like this guy's just you know he's just happy that he's not sitting at home right now. This guy's just happy to be on a team right now. Sure. Um, and I think he's actually going to be on the White Sox this year. So yeah, I and, and say, I was going to say, let's, <laughs> let's see how happy he is to be on the White Sox. Maybe, <laughs> maybe home isn't sounding so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, they uh, some teams. I think the White Sox would do this, but they would bring out like a fan to uh, exchange yeah. the lineup card with the guy, and then the fan would just like stand there as the baseball <laughs> people would would talk around home plate. Yeah, you know, so I he would. Oh, he would stand there like, you know, a little brother being dragged to the playground with his older brother <laughs> and his older brother's friends uh, just kind of in the periphery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, and uh, I mean, you or I would like give anything to to be down there listening to what those those guys were saying. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a drag. But obviously it's easy to it's easy to cut that out. Um, you know, pitchers are bringing their own wet rag to the mound, which is interesting that's that's the one that's like that's that that's the one that's got me a little like hung up it's like have you ever had a wet rag in your pocket jack well i imagine it would make your your uh your butt pretty wet jeremy yeah it just it the 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 um moisture just disperses into your pants <laughs> like i feel like i've like i don't know maybe like have been like at a friend's house or something like, and I washed my hands and dried my hands on like a paper towel and then didn't know where the garbage was or something. And I sort of sure. stuck it in my pocket. And then like an hour later, I'm like, why the hell are my pants wet? It's like, Oh, cause I have this wet rag in my pocket. So that's going to be a weird one. I I'm, I'm actually hoping that like they have it stick out of the back of their pocket, like kind of like a fashion statement, almost like, yeah, I, I know that sometimes I think, I think back growing up, like people would say like, don't, like hang it let it hang out of your right your like left pocket or something because that means like it's a gang affiliation or something uh-huh um but uh you know i think i i think that could be interesting to see like a pitcher like wheeled back and throw like a hundred mile per hour fastball and have like a you know a red bandana hanging out of his back pocket or something yeah you know oh yeah you know and can you imagine like uh if this was back in the old the back in the day you know guys like gaylord perry or like you know dudes who were like famous for for cheating you yeah. know, uh, if they uh, they would have a field day with this thing, they put all they they would put all sorts of all sorts of material on that wet rag to try to gain an advantage. Like uh, like Ed Harris, you know, with the Crisco, the Vagisil, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. You know, um, uh, yeah. And Jeremy, I will say one of the worst things is when you wash your hands and dry it off with a paper towel, only to realize that there's no garbage can there. <laughs> One yeah, of the right. worst things, because I, uh, I just like I can't bring myself to just like throw the the towel like paper towel like on the ground in the bathroom, even though like it's the fault of the person in the bath like who who designed <laughs> that bathroom that there's no garbage can. So it's right. like you'd think that would actually serve as a wake up call to like get a garbage can in here. But anyway, I can completely relate to that uh, that story. Did, Jack, in grade school, did you or any kids ever like wad up like toilet paper or paper towels and like? Th- like throw it against the ceiling 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would stick. It would stick in the ceiling. Yes. Did you ever yeah. throw? Did you ever throw pencils at the ceiling and have them stick up there? I never did that. I know. I know that that was a thing. Uh, yeah. Depending on like what kind of tile you had in your in your uh, you know in the ceiling, but uh, I never did that. I did. I, I will say it was a exciting like two weeks when we found out about like spitballs. Yeah. And you could like. You know, you took like that like big pen and you hollowed it out, and you could make a perfect like shooter tube. You know, um, that was a lot of fun doing spitballs. And then um, I think some we got busted or lost interest or whatever. But uh, that was a good, I would say, about a two week period and maybe like fifth grade or something. <laughs> um, well, that that pretty much uh, does it for the new rules that interest me. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's not really anything too crazy, but you know, players are allowed to opt out uh, if they if they so choose, and we've already seen a couple of guys uh, doing that. Uh, I think Felix Hernandez opted out today. David Price yep. opted out. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman, if I'm not mistaken, opted out as well. Yep. Did he? Yep. Did he opt out? Yeah. Okay. Yes, Ryan Zimmerman did. I you know I don't I don't get it. Like I know that he was he felt very safe. Um, his, I, the president made him feel very safe. Uh-huh. Um, and, but I guess he just didn't feel safe enough to play baseball. So I don't know what went wrong there, but something did. Um, but yeah, him also Joe, <laughs> Joe Ross opted out too. Which I, I saw that. He didn't, I don't know. He didn't, I don't think he said anything, any uh, yeah. major statements. Um, yeah. Also, that, Ryan Zimmerman I'm, did, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say Joe Ross, like he, he's opting out before they can cut him. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a preemptive, uh, opt out. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, Zimmerman was also golfing with the president, like, uh, a couple weeks ago, too. Was um, he really? Yes. No one was really talking about that. But uh, I, I found okay. that in my uh, research. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, who else opted out? Um, Ian Desmond opted out. Yep, yep, uh, Posted, yeah. like, a really long, thoughtful uh, reason why he was opting out, um, which was interesting. Um, and these guys are, like, I think these guys who are opting out are not going to get paid, right? Mike Leake opted out. Mike no, Leak, I don't think yeah. they're. I don't think they're going to get paid. I'm not sure about that 100. percent But the uh, team might have the option to or something. But I, yeah. I highly doubt they will pay them. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are just the first wave of guys. Uh, Mike Trout is like threatening to opt out, but uh, yeah. I don't think that's. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to end up playing. Probably not. I did. You know, I, it's funny. I didn't even really think about it. But like, like John Lester and Anthony Rizzo are both playing, and they're both cancer survivors. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's interesting what they talk about, like immunosuppressed people, um, but they're, they're going to give it a go. Um, so obviously, yes, you obviously hope, um, for the safety of all those guys. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, man, I, yeah, there's so many of these guys. I don't know. David Price, it took me a while to remember that David Price was a Dodger even. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I mean, did, did that happen in the same trade, the Mookie Betts trade? Yeah, he was in that yeah. Mookie Betts trade, and, like, no one really talks about him. No, no, he was, like, the player to be named later in that trade, almost, or just, like, yeah. a complete, like, completely tacked on, but, I, I mean, he still owed like they, a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they talked about Alex Verdugo uh, more than they did uh, David Price, but uh, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's been a bunch of positive cases, too, of COVID. Like, so I guess um, it was weird because, like, so there's a thing where, like, um, you know, players have, like, um, confidentiality to not be named as testing positive for COVID. But then, like, the MLB has a, like, COVID disabled list. 
and then they just name them to that. So it's like, is that like, is that like an oversight there? Well, yeah, uh, I think yeah. There's or like players can be put on the injured list for like no reason given or something like that. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't in, entirely clear on what that was, but I mean, I think like if a guy goes on the injured list because of COVID, like I think it would be. Uh, obvious or is there a covid specific list where guys only have to be out for as long as 14 days yes i thought so i mean i I think like the the phillies placed uh aaron nola who's one of the guys who um tested positive on a covid um disabled list but let me let me double check that yeah well i i know uh also freddie freeman tested positive he's probably like the most high profile player um uh, chuck nasty did too Oh, he was, yeah, He was, like, the right. first one, uh, Char- Charlie Blackman. He was one yeah. of the first ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there, there's all these guys uh, uh, testing positive, and I think that they have to, what, sit out for 14 days, and then they have to have two two tests that are, uh, that are like, clear before they can come back. Is that how it works? I, yeah, I would think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how well that they, they can isolate those guys. Uh, it would be devastating for a team in the middle of a, a playoff run to have, uh, their best player test positive for COVID and then he wouldn't be able to sit out. Guys would have to miss the playoffs potentially. Um, you know, so, so you wonder at what point, like if a, if a team would just say like, screw it, let's just like not publish the results of this test or something. Yeah, that that would be crazy. I I wonder if there would be like legal ramifications for that. Um, but yeah, so basically, it says um, they say that like they use the term COVID nineteen injured list. Uh huh. Major League Baseball has instructed teams not to disclose whether a player is placed on the COVID nineteen list. Okay. So there's a list, but they're not supposed to say who's on it. But then guys. But it's are obvious. Like, yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's just a weird thing. I mean, so Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, uh, Pete Cosmo was one of the Braves to test positive. Um, and Tuki Toussaint were the four Braves, I think. They all, like, came forward to raise awareness, I guess, about yeah. it. And, um, I mean, sadly, I feel like that actually is necessary for, like, other baseball players to be like, oh, Freddie Freeman got it. This thing must be real. I better take it seriously. Like, Right. Um, you would think that they would know otherwise but i fear that maybe some of them they need that they need to see that to, in order to like take it seriously or whatever um the pitching coach tommy hadavi for the cubs also was was positive he he has um you know uh overcome it um uh-huh. at this point but he was he was sick with it um before there's some dogs barking outside of my apartment right now jack i apologize it was apologize to the fans um <laughs> but uh um, and I'm trying to think of a good comedic twist on it, but I just can't. Um, but I must address it. Uh, so Tommy Hadovy, uh, like, I guess he gave like a, he like spoke to the team and he was like, guys, like, this is real. Like I was, it, you know, it almost killed me and I'm only like 38 years old or something. And, um, I guess Jesus. he like, cried, he cried while he was like speaking about it or something. A former guest, Mark Bubblebath was really irate about Tommy Hadovy being brought to tears during his like uh discussion of uh, contracting covid but um, what did he what did what did Mark uh what did Mark Bubblebath say about this I think he was just mad that he was crying he's like you don't cry about that <laughs> <laughs> um I mean part of me wonders what the hell was this guy doing that he got that he got it but I you know I don't know 
uh, that's I'm sure it could happen to anybody. I guess so. I shouldn't I shouldn't pass judgment on him. Right. Well, uh, you know, let, let's hope enough of these guys can, uh, you know, can can remain uh, uh, healthy and in the game enough to actually have an opening day. Uh, John Carlos yeah. Stanton uh, did his did his damnedest to try and take out Masahiro Tanaka on like the first the first minute of Yankees camp. Yeah, was that that was like the first like live pitching, right? That was yeah. happening. It was like the first live pitching and maybe like the first live batter of the day or something. It was like the second pitch. And John Carlos Stanton just like cracked a line drive back at Masahiro Tanaka. Um, you know, I know these guys aren't throwing batting practice, but like you know, maybe it wouldn't have hurt to have some sort of you know protection Screen. in front of there. Yeah, yeah. I was watching MLB Network and they were talking about it, and um, Dan Plesac and uh, I forgot who the other guy was who was talking about it, but you know they were talking about how like you know normally in um, spring training when guys are if guys are throwing like live pitching. Um, half of the times the batters don't swing at it. They're just like trying to get timing down. Um, but you know, this is different because they're, they're trying to get ready for like, you know, three weeks from now, basically less than that. Um, and so they're actually, you know, kind of trying to get themselves sharp. And so, um, you know, that's, that's maybe something that the pitchers weren't anticipating, I guess, but Uh yeah, they were saying that definitely they should, they should have a screen out there. Um, and uh, Jesus, I mean, they said Tanaka walked off the field, but uh, good God, man, it's just insane. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I felt uh, I felt bad that he had to that he had to go through that, and you know, few people hit a ball harder than John Carlos Stanton, so yeah. that was just kind of a, a perfect storm of uh, of bad stuff. Um, they haven't released any of the actual schedules yet, but I think that the opening day games are going to be uh, Nats versus Yankees and Dodgers versus Giants. Nats versus Yankees could be interesting because I think it'll probably be Scherzer versus Garrett Cole, yeah. uh, which could be a, a good pitching matchup. Yes, and it, it, maybe it's a bit of like revisionist history by the uh, by MLB saying like, "Hey guys, uh, remember the 2019 World Series Nats versus Yankees." Uh, pretty crazy right i mean uh, <laughs> there wasn't any other team that played the nats it was definitely the yankees and uh yeah so um yeah it, it's maybe what could have been i guess but um uh yeah that should be a cool game um you know you wonder about the tanaka injury like tanaka was like their number two pitcher for the yankees so i don't know like i know everyone pencils in the yankees automatically to like win stuff but like I don't know. I mean, who the hell knows how long, like, if Tanaka's going to be out um, or what, you know? I well, don't know. maybe, uh, as they say, next man up, Jeremy. So maybe Jay Happ. Maybe this <laughs> is his year to really step up. Another or guy James... who got hit in the head. Did he? Did he? I don't remember that. Yeah, Jay Happ got hit really bad in the head. Um, I think he I think he was one of the first guys who maybe who got hit in the head and, like, didn't go on the DL or something. Or Uh-huh. He didn't look like he was dead immediately, but, like, it didn't look good. But, yeah, he definitely got hit in the head. I want to say when he was with uh, either Philadelphia or Toronto. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, that was why I never wanted to be a pitcher, Jeremy. I was uh, I was too scared of getting one hit right back at, right back at me. So uh, to, to reference the bachelor party, uh, which I think we talked about on the podcast, but uh, a couple of guys – Someone at the hands of my own bat got injured. Uh, my friend Scott uh, got a really nasty leg bruise. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it happens to the worst of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I faced off against you, Jeremy, at that bachelor party. Uh, it, yes. Was, and I, I, yeah. 
I was very, I was very uh, cognizant of taking a comebacker back in the face. So I was like, especially being like two weeks out from my wedding, I didn't need a black eye or a broken face. Right. Uh, so I was like, I was like lobbing it in and then like immediately getting ready with the mitt. Yeah, that was one of the first times I'd ever uh, faced a lefty, Jeremy. So oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they didn't. It was like uh, my little league was all righties. So uh, yeah, I was a little bit uh, I was a little bit perplexed. I didn't have such a good day at the plate that day, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I guess you could say I'm I'm kind of a reverse split. You know, I'm actually better against better against right-handed pitching. You know, yep. you and uh, you and Carl Edwards Jr. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Jeremy, uh, it seems like the Cleveland Indians are uh, are gonna change their name, possibly. Yes, um, I think um, in uh, reaction to a lot of the uh, socially uh, conscious things that are happening in the country these days, um, the most current wave of of things happening are like um, the PC uh, nature or lack thereof of uh, some sporting team names. Um, You know, it happened uh, years ago with like the Illini, uh, they changed their mascot. I guess they didn't change their their name, but uh, the, yeah. the Indians changed their their mascot um, after the 2016 season or 2017 season. Yeah, I think it was 2017. They got rid of Chief Wahoo. Okay, and yeah. Um, and yeah, and so and we all know like the Redskins. Like the Dan Snyder, the owner of the Redskins, has always been like not only vehement but also like kind of just a general asshole about it about not changing he's like i will never change the name or something i mean dan snyder is like a famous asshole i would say um but uh but even he is saying like oh yeah we're gonna look at it or whatever and and yes it seems like the indians uh days are numbered uh to um changing their names um i will say like you know i think like i mean i will say i'll say this i bought I bought a 2016 Indians hat um, just for, like, uh, um, posterity because yeah. I know, like, one day people are going to look at this hat and be like, are you fucking kidding me? This was, like, a logo for a team. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I I don't know. I thought, I don't know. I guess maybe most people thought, like, changing the, na- the logo would be enough maybe, but it doesn't seem, it seems like that's, you know, the, the name is numbered. Yeah, um, I like that uh, the Redskins were like, yeah, okay, we'll uh, we're gonna review it. Like, what do yes. you mean you're gonna? Re- what do you mean you're gonna review it? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you know what the issue is here. Yes. Like, what does what does that mean? Um, and yeah, t- uh, to be fair, it was only after like all of their sponsors decided to pull out, um, and like FedEx oh, wasn't yes. gonna let them move into the new st- new stadium or whatever, or wasn't gonna let them play at the stadium this year or something like that. I don't know all the details, but uh, yeah, it was only after all of that that the Redskins said we're gonna we're gonna review it. So uh, I don't know if there's been any official statement from the Indians. I know that Terry Francona uh, went on record today or yesterday saying like you know yeah like at this point like the organization needs to like move forward and and change the name. Yeah. Uh, so like you know when their own manager is saying it. I think it's kind of inevitable. A couple of names uh, that were bandied about, they're, I think they're considering the Cleveland Spiders, which yeah. I think could actually be kind of cool. Like, uh, you know, I, I could see the hat could be yeah. pretty cool. You know, it'd be, be, be a cool hat. They were talking about the uh, the Cleveland Dobies after Larry oh. Doby, which is, I mean, that that's not like, 
you know, cool to honor Larry Doby, but like that's not a good that's not a good nickname for a team. It just, it just it doesn't have any ring to it. Could they be like the Dobermans, and then they could be called the Dobies for short? That would be. Oh cool. yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, there could be a cool a cool hat in there uh, yeah. as well. Um, uh, I, I will say, um, yeah, uh, stand up comedian uh, and famous baseball fan uh, Rhea Butcher. Um, I think she's from Cleveland, or uh, they're from Cleveland, and uh, um, they're a big baseball fan. And I think I heard them. They I heard Aria say that a couple years ago on a podcast um, that you know they should change the name of the Cleveland Spiders. And I, I love that idea. I think Cleveland Spiders would be awesome. That so they were the. I don't know if that's the same franchise or there was just a different franchise called the Cleveland Spiders, but there was yeah. one in like the nineteen hunt, like the nineteen aughts, basically. Um, yeah, or somewhere somewhere like really old. In the, in the past, I, th- I think it was the odds. Um, so that would be cool. Um, yeah, the Dobie thing is like, again, it's like, yes, definitely pay tribute to these people. Um, but like, in the way that you're doing it, where you like have everyone wear number 42 and you can't, you know, tell the uniforms apart, it's like, this is misplaced, uh, you know, tribute, tributary uh, to a guy like doing a thing where, like, it's kind of screwing up the, the actual gameplay, like to have everyone wear the same number. Like uh, Dobie, I mean, I don't hate it, but it's also not that great. Um, yeah. And uh, I wouldn't. It would be a shame to like do it as a tribute and then have people just like rag on it because it it's clunky. So, I mean, I'm I'm favorite. Where who do we talk to to get uh, the Dobermans um, as a name? That's like a, that. yeah. That. That's actually yeah. That's actually a fine idea, Jeremy. So we should uh, yeah, we should uh, write a letter to the Cleveland Indians. Maybe ask for a few autographs as well. Maybe throw a few baseball cards in there. Yeah, um, sure. You know, did you see? Um, uh, I think it was last week. All of the uh, uh, so Joe Posnanski, writer for the uh, Athletic, was uh, uh, brought about a campaign. It was the uh, uh, tip your cap to the Negro Leagues campaign. This was supposed to be the 100-year anniversary of the uh, Negro Leagues. Well, it is the 100-year anniversary of the Negro Leagues. Um, But, uh, you know, obviously there was no Major League Baseball season this year. They were going to do a ton of stuff this season to honor the Negro Leagues. Um, But the season, you know, still has not started. So Joe Posnanski came up with this campaign for, like, all of these famous people that tip their cap to the Negro Leagues. So I think he got all four living former presidents to do it um i mean he got george w bush barack obama um bill clinton and i think gerald ford gerald ford is still alive right yeah I, yes it's one of those yeah yeah that's i was just trying to think like which one of the older ones is still alive yeah uh so i think it's gerald ford and i think he got him he got uh michael jordan to do it so like pretty much any famous athlete you could think of uh so he got he got all of these guys to like tweet out um you know themselves tipping their cap to the negro league as well as a lot of current players the guys like cc sabathia did it lorenzo kane did it um you know alex bregman uh so uh so yeah it was it was kind of a it was kind of a nice gesture uh, a nice tribute, and uh, yeah, that was something else that was going on uh, too, sort of in the last week. Interesting, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I hope maybe they can do it next year or something if there's a full season next year, hopefully. But uh, I, yeah, that's definitely something that um, should be done, and I, I definitely, that's definitely something that like I don't know too much about either. Um, you know, and you know, we're pretty big baseball fans, and to not know too much about it is like a big oversight. So like, yeah, it would be cool um to to do to for them to kind of bring more attention to that for sure to the history of it right 
Um, okay, well, I, you know, we got a we got a great name for the Cleveland Indians down here. You know, a, a couple a couple of great potentials. Um, and yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think they're going to have that ready for opening day, but uh, yeah. but you know, who knows? Maybe next year. Um, did you also hear, Jack, about um, the uh, there's an initiative like adopt a minor league player? No, I haven't. Yeah, I'm trying to like. Uh, I'm trying to like I heard about it and I didn't really do like my due diligence with it beforehand but you just you reminded me of it. There's an a, a Twitter account uh, at adopt milb player. Um, yeah. we're helping minor league baseball and its players by sponsoring them one one by one through MLB through MILB fans. Uh, you can donate to to stipends for players on our site. So, um I guess they're they're creating like a fund to like help you know, financially take care of some baseball players from minor league players who aren't going to be making money this year. Um, I'm wondering like if there's some way, actually a couple uh, financial interests for, for rain delay theater. Uh, one, you know, maybe we can sponsor a minor league player. Uh, I think that would be cool. Yeah. Um, I wonder how much it is. Maybe we need, maybe we can, maybe we can crowdsource um, <laughs> a fi- uh, financing uh, or sponsoring a major league player uh, under the rain delay theater name. Uh, but we can all share in the uh, the gratitude of that. Um, um, and then also I saw, too, that they're going to be um, – was this at Wrigley? Or where was – that they're going to be selling, like, cutouts um, like like they were doing in uh, the, the Chinese League? Yeah, um, they are, yeah. Was it the Cubs? Did you hear Well, I, I think the Brewers might be doing it, possibly. Okay. So, I don't yeah. know. I don't know which team, but they're definitely doing it for sure. Yeah, probably all of them are going to do it. Oh, you know what? It was the Oakland A's. That's who it was. Okay, it was okay. the Oakland A's. And um, you know, the, I mean, one of the cool things about it was like you get like whatever money you put in, you can put use it towards a ticket next year. Yeah. Um, and so again, yes, it would be cool if me and you, Jack, had <laughs> cutouts um, at the Oakland A's game because then like so it was like if if you you had to pay extra, you could have a cutout. You had to pay extra to have them in the foul ball territory, and then if you got hit by, if your cutout got hit by the foul ball, which is kind of, I get the contest of it all, but coming off of the the horrible thing that happened last year, having a contest where someone wants to get hit by a foul ball is not um, a great thing. Plus, like, aren't isn't the netting up? Like, maybe they took the netting down. Anyway, um, if you got hit by a foul ball, they would send you the foul ball. Or whatever. That would that would be the ultimate irony, Jeremy, uh, to put a cardboard cutout of yourself there and then like have that thing get hit by the foul ball and then like you know I, I wouldn't feel like I actually got a foul ball you know right. if it hit my, if it hit my cardboard cutout you know I, I don't know if there would be any way, Jeremy, to like have your cardboard cutout jump in front of my cardboard cutout and and get and get the ball you know you that I seems was... like a more realistic uh, way that that would play out. I was leaning back and I was giving that I was letting you take that one because it was right there. Um, okay. And yes, not that I not that I needed to let you take it, but I, I was like I was waiting for you to, to to take that one because that's all right. I, I got that one coming to me for sure. If we did get them, what would most likely happen would be like mine would just like it would just start tipping like right as the ball was coming <laughs> and then boop, like right falling right in front of you when that happened. But uh, I can never live that. I was actually looking at the ball the other day and I'm like, damn it! Like why do I, why does it, that negative connotation have to be connected to this ball? But I don't know. um well you know also jeremy i was going to say the oakland a's could probably stand to put cardboard cutouts in the uh you know in the stands during just regular games too yes it's are not fanless it might be something that they consider holding over for next year much like the universal dh (laughs) um 
But uh, yeah, all right, Jack. So let's. I mean, listen. Okay, so it's a sixty-game season. It's going to be insane. Um, I was just I was thinking about it earlier today too, and I was like, man, you know, because we we do live pretty close to Wrigley Field. Like the Cubs were probably practicing there earlier today, um, just just a few blocks away, like you know, within walking distance. Um, and uh, you know, we're tr- we're going to try to think of ways where we can somehow get close to the action. Uh, you know during this year even if fans are not allowed in uh more on that to come but uh how do you even predict what could happen this year how do you make predictions uh there really isn't any way so like i feel like the best thing we could do is kind of just talk through like what might happen like what we could see like who on paper the odds on favorites are like i I don't even know like i think definitely putting every roster and every like lineup into like a 60 game uh you know computer like it's like it's hard to to predict but uh, i don't know what do you have any thoughts about like what the season might look like or what might happen well uh you know i mean i think that the white Sox could actually be pretty interesting this year um you know just because of the lineup that they have and uh you know just kind of depending on on who they decide to go with for their starting rotation i mean i i think it'll be interesting because i think those first 20 games of the season are going to be so important like in a in a shortened season like this it's going to be really important to get off to a good start so you have to wonder some if some pitchers are going to pitch on like three days rest uh for the first two or three weeks of the season um it could be interesting uh i i think that the white Sox, um you know their rotation could look pretty cool. I mean, you got Giolito, Dallas Keuchel, Gio Gonzalez, Dylan Cease, and Ronaldo Lopez. But, you know, then you've also got uh, Kopech, who should probably be coming off the injured list. Uh, I don't know if Rodon is going to be uh, in the picture as well, but, like, those guys could potentially start uh, or come out of the bullpen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the White Sox could kind of be a sleeper in the in the American League. Yeah, I definitely think that's a good point. Um, yeah, you know, that starting rotation, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, Kopech just, like, like I think took an a-, a leave of absence from the team or, like, you know, um, he had, like, some family issues oh, did going he? on. Yeah. Okay. Um, but as, my understanding was that, you know, Rodon and Kopech could have arguably have been ready for the beginning of the regular season. So, um, yeah. So I think I would assume that they're going to be – you know, in the mix, uh, for this year. So yeah, if you, if you add those two in um, amongst those other five that you talked about, um, it could be pretty interesting. Uh, you, you think that they could find five starters out of that batch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it could be, I mean, if they can, if they can get through, um, you know, uh, most of the innings and the, the offense just mashes, like they look like they can. Yeah. The white Sox definitely could be, could be looking good. Um, uh, the Cubs, uh, I will say, uh, you know, are it sounds like they're going to be down uh, Jose Quintana to start the year. Uh-huh. I don't know. Okay. Because like, the dude injured his thumb washing dishes. So, um, Jesus. I don't know. It just makes you shake your head. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't even know. The Cubs are in a very interesting spot. Um, Chatwood, this is without – this is with uh, Quintana in the rotation, but they were looking at Chatwood or Alec Mills as a fifth starter. Uh huh. Like, Jesus, man, I don't know. Um, I really, I it's hard to say. I really don't know. I mean, you you think that like a team um, uh, like the the Dodgers, you know, is stacked to to make a run, but um, 
I heard that Kershaw is like you know progressing well in terms of being ready for the beginning of the, yeah. the year. So if he's in the mix, then obviously they're still going to have a good fighting chance in terms of pitching. Um, uh, the schedules themselves are just weird. Um, you know, and we can kind of wrap it up with this, I guess. Like, you know, it didn't really occur to me. Like, okay, it's sixty games. And they were saying that the MLB, the the teams are going to play like uh, their division and like the the rival leagues division, uh, you know, yeah. same same Central East West. So yeah, if you look at the they have the the schedules are supposed to be released like tomorrow. I think maybe by the time this episode drops, they'll already be out. Yeah. Um, but the Cubs are yeah the Cubs are playing like all all of their games, all sixty games against uh, the NL Central and the AL Central. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that that's – I think that playing the AL Central is going to be a good thing for NL Central teams. Well, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, you know, the Royals are going to be really bad. Uh, and the Tigers are going to be awful as well. So that's, uh, you know, that's a good chunk of games against, uh, you know, a pretty crappy uh, – two pretty crappy teams. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the Pirates are going to look this year, but I'm going to assume that they're probably not going to be uh, not going to be very good. I don't think they really added so. anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that'll be. And I had forgotten that Yasmani Grandal was on the White Sox. Completely forgotten. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so so they there is going to be a, a little bit of a, you know uh, some some cupcakes uh, so to, uh, so to speak on the schedule for both the Cubs and the Brewers. Uh, and you know anybody else hoping to contend? So uh, yeah, so that that'll be interesting. Are the Pirates? So the the Pirates are going to be in the the same division as the Brewers and the Cubs. The Pirates aren't going to switch over to the East. I I don't think so. I think they're still okay. playing. I think they're still playing uh, in the NL Central. So okay, um, yeah. And also they have a new manager too, who I just don't know who the hell he yeah, is. Yeah, it's it's not. Uh, yeah, no, I can't. I couldn't for the life <laughs> of me. I was going to say maybe Derek Shelton. But, uh, oh, yeah, that is who it is. Is it Derek Shelton? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. All right. Well, that was a that was a good call. Um, they, they might be better off with Ron Shelton. I don't know. <laughs> That's a director of field of or uh, uh, Bull Durham, correct? Yeah, and uh, uh, field the field of dreams game they're saying is going to be between the White Sox and the Cardinals as well. Yes. Not the, yeah, not the White Sox that. and the Yankees. Yeah. I guess that solves all the issues of who who's going to get tickets. Um, <laughs> nobody. Yeah, yeah, nope, yeah, not a, not a soul. A clown um, stock. <laughs> um, all right, Jeremy. Well, we, what do you say we wrap this one up? Let's wrap it up. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, we'll probably have another episode before um, the season starts, but uh, I think uh, cautiously, optimistic, um, Lee we can maybe start to get excited about baseball. Uh, but it, it really is like, who the fuck knows like what's going to happen. Um, I just hope that there's baseball. Right. Uh, well, for, for Rain Delay Theater, uh, I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.